All the golden stuff that was in the first recordings now, now, now gone, sadly. Uh, oh, boo-hoo. You Sorry. know, Greg, I'm really, you know, being on all the time, you know, like, it's like, why does she yell all the time? And it's like, because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to yell and make a big deal about things because it sounds good in recordings. Because you know why? Because they love women who lose their shit. That's why. That's why. That's what why the, I do what I do. Where Where is this coming from? Because I'm on. I'm always on. Just like the Hulk. That's the secret to it. I, you're right. I mean, I, I know the uh, you that's not on. Like, I do. So that, that makes sense. That that does make sense. And like you, I would say you know the me that's not on, but I don't. We've talked about this before. Like, I'm just the same guy. Like, I'm never different. Yeah. So. Unless. I levels. There, there's vulnerability. Levels. There's vulnerability out there. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Nah, nah. Right, well, you know. Anyway. Let's go ahead. We can go ahead and, and do the damn thing. I'm on. I don't get on. I stay on. I don't Boom. get hype. I stay hype. I, well, I didn't want to copy that. I was trying to do something different. I mean, that was actually good to his credit. He did, like, it was did good. Something fun. It was good. Now, no one ever will know it. I mean, other than that, that's. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants herself, the pretty bird, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, you know me as the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales, here again with another episode back to back weeks of the hashtag Miranda show. Welcome back to this lovely show that I host along with my producer, my co-host, my friend. He is the kingpin of the chairshot.com, the unstoppable one, Greg DeMarco. I I am all those things. Yep. I am. And more. Those are the nice things people say about <laughs> Those are the nice things. Yeah, I'm the other things too. Those are the the other things that people, you know, got that MJF army coming, ready to come back at you. Never know when that might, they might show up. They, they're just hibernating. They'll just peek back up when, you know, when MJF tells them to I don't attack. know. I mean, I made the tweet I made about, I didn't tag Tony Khan in it though. So maybe they didn't see it. I don't know. Who cares? But they're always watching. That's what we've learned over the last few days, Greg. Yep. You don't have to tag anyone to know. Nope. They're always They're watching. Always watching. They're, always, They're always watching. Always watching. Yes. 
And that's why you have the hashtag Miranda show to help you forget who's watching or listening because nobody does. Uh, and that's great because you can find this show and many others on the Chairshot Radio Network at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And of course, this podcast is also available on all major podcasts. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I just got a little head on myself. That's okay. No, no, you didn't. I did it on purpose. Jerk. Yeah, that's me. Big jerk. Anyways, how am I going to plug the show, Greg? I'm trying to do my job. You call me a jerk. What do you expect? This is... My show, Greg. Look, look, look. No, 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 no. Let's let's rewind because for those of you who may not have listened this week, you may have been looking for the Babyface Heel podcast. You're on the website thinking, where in the blue hell did the Babyface Heel podcast go? No, no one's wondering. Well, <laughs> for the sake of this argument, people are wondering. Okay. Because now they will wonder because they're like, where did it go? It went where all of Greg's podcast show names go after several months. And and that's RIP, buried, because we are now back to the Greg DeMarco show. So the Babyface Hill podcast, which was formerly some other podcast, was Chair Shot Radio, which formerly was, oh gosh, I can't even think back to all of the names. There was, well, outside interference, I think, was before you. And then that was there before was, me. Um, there was the worked over one. The worked over wrestling, yes. Then Chair Shot Radio. Was there another one in between there? Besides Greg so. DeMarco Show? I, I don't think so either. I think you've yeah, gone. Yeah, I want to say much. we. it was, I think it was even the Greg DeMarco Show, then worked over radio, then the Greg DeMarco Show. Then yeah, it's always been. Chair Shot like, Radio. It's never gone from one non Greg DeMarco Show name to another non Greg no, DeMarco no, Show. No, 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 no. There's a pattern. Been. There's a history there. Yes, yes, there is. Yeah, there's an established history. So, yes, we have we have gone through the phase of the Big Face Heel podcast, and we are now back to the Greg DeMarco yes. show. So, Greg now there's, does there's have- a well There's a well-established <laughs> pattern of behavior. Much like another Greg, Greg Hamilton, there's a well-established pattern of behavior, just a different established pattern you of know, behavior. You know, that doesn't help anyone named Greg right now. Like, it, it, the, There's just- <laughs> It's it's always been bad ever since I was born. So it's just I, I feel as though I'm in the better side of that. Um, I feel pretty comfortable and confident saying that, and and without being too ego driven, which Patrick brought up again, um, but mean, in a good way, in a, in a good way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah Mister Hamilton. If, any, not doing us if any anything, this is just a, a pattern of what to what's expected. You know, I've I've been with. You know, podcasting with Greg and Patrick now for three years. And so I've expected yeah. this now pretty frequently. Patrick has gone through it so many times. Like he just, it, he doesn't even bat an eye anymore. Um, so that's a real vet move by, by Pat. But yes, going back to the original point though, you have your show. This is my show. So you do not buzzer me during my show. Do I buzzer you during your show? If you had the ability that's to, that's you probably that's would. That's but do I buzzer you during your show? Yes or no? No, you do not buzzer me during okay. my show. So, let's let's not try and have that happen again. 
Okay. Yes. So you can find this podcast. And- I mean, come on. Guy, you knew. You knew. Come on. Just, just, just at least tell me that you knew. I didn't know because I trusted you. I trusted you. And you broke that trust. Thankfully, I have years of equity built up. Yeah. I can play a sound. So that's fair. Fair, fair enough. I didn't realize uh, it's been three years since, since we've been podcasting, but that would make sense. Yes, I'm fairly certain. Yes, no, you yeah, are. yeah, it yeah. has been. No, 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 it has been. It has been. Yes, yes. yeah, it, it, it's an so. easy pattern to remember. It's September SCW show, you came on, and then the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I know it's so cute. Patrick remembers like how many episodes he's done of Bandwagon Nerds. I'm like, I don't know how many. Episodes That's because they started of- counting from the beginning. Yeah, and which I we just- did not do because it's never mattered to me. Like I've just never been like like when we started podcasting in 2010. We just dove in. And mm-hmm. so next thing you know, you're probably 50, 100 episodes in. I have no idea. And no idea. so it just was never a thing. Um, it's obviously over 400 at this point. For he and I, for you, you're, you're you know, well over 100. You're, you're probably three years would be 150 if you never took a week off or almost 160. So, yeah, you're looking at – and you're like two and a half years on this show. You're definitely, you're probably, yeah, you're over 100. You're probably like 125, something like that. Yeah. 110. I don't know. Something like that, but still pretty, then there's pretty darn the, good. Then, then how do, you know, how do the, the shit shows work? How do those count? Like, we have the same lineage. Yeah, those, as, should, as count, those should count multiples as, as because the WWE those, those are. Like, does it count both? Does it count none? Is it its <laughs> own count? Who knows? Those we counted. Yes. And we didn't even get that right. Like, we did the Ocho twice and like yes. Skift or Seven or something like that. Yeah. So we, yes. that's why we didn't count them because we just can't. Yeah, we just can't count. But that's all right. Um, but anyways, just know that those podcasts you can find um, also on your favorite podcast streaming platform, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get notifications every time a new episode drops. Leave a five-star review rating and feel free to leave a review let me know what you think of this show or other uh reviews from you know the podcast on the chair shot radio network and while you're at it go ahead and follow us on social media me miranda morales you can find me at the hashtag miranda hashtag spelled out on instagram and facebook no twitter that's why I'm the Twitterless heroine. Greg, though, you can find him at Chair Shot Greg on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The same goes for the Chair Shot at Chair Shot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Another thing that you can find online, well, that's information on IZW Impact Zone Wrestling. The road continues to fully legal Saturday, November 20th at the Scottsdale Studios. And this week, in the past few weeks, we have featured different aspects of Fully Legal. This week, we are going to be highlighting the big championship match that will be happening. The only championship match, because we just have one championship, uh, between champion versus challenger, who also happen to be friends, who also happen to be tag partners, who also happen to be, you know, close brothers and friends. And now, on Saturday, November 20th, they are going to be opponents. 
IZW World Heavyweight Champion Thugnificent defends his title against the number one contender, EJ Sparks. This was set up at our last show at Grand Prix. And even before that, uh, you know, with, with EJ uh, oh, becoming the number one contender. And, you know, this had to be put on pause a little bit in order for them to compete together at Grand Prix. But also during that show, it was established that at Fully Legal, they would face each other finally. With kind of an interesting wrench in the plan aspect of the match, definitely something to keep your eye out on. A special guest referee has been announced, and that is Mr. Classic, someone who is known to have an issue with this whole thing that he is not included in this match as a contender, but instead a referee. So, Greg, can you just share your thoughts a little bit heading into Fully Legal, especially celebrating 21 years of IZW, how this match of, you know, fairly new up-and-comers within the IZW community, people who weren't around 21 years ago but have really established and made a name in Arizona wrestling, having them all involved in such an impactful match in some in a match that really has implications for all of IZW, you know, how, I mean, I, I, in some ways I really don't even know where to start in, in asking you about this match, but I'm just going to ask you, you know, really share your thoughts going into this match. I mean, if you look at it, it, it is, it is, you know, we're celebrating the, the 21 years of IZW with people who were not there the first go round at all, um, where we have people on the card who were there the first go round. But it makes sense to me that even when we were picking our champion, like it was all about the, the new the young talent that we wanted to make sure they had that spotlight. And not every show has been headlined by the younger talent. We, we have had shows that haven't been headlined. We have a pretty good balance, in my opinion, of that. But it was important to me to be able to give these guys that showcase um, when, when Thugnificent won the championship, his first title match couldn't go on last from a logistical reasons because we had the blood sport match. Otherwise it would have gone on last with Thugnificent and Watson <clears throat> with Thugnificent and EJ Sparks. Like it makes perfect sense. Like they are partners. We don't have one person turning on the other. They're still friends. They're still partners. Um, unless things just get too heated in November, we all hope that stays that way. Uh, but EJ won a number one contender match to be the number one contender. Thugnificent would be the first person to tell you EJ deserves the opportunity to be the IZW World Heavyweight Champion. He hasn't been beaten since IZW came back. He, he is unbeaten in in his return. They didn't win Grand Prix, but it was Thugnificent who was pinned in the Grand Prix Finals, not EJ Sparks. So they know each other well. They've been opponents. They've been partners. They've been friends. They, they've been everything. They've trained together. It, it's 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 all there, and they're going to put on one heck of a match. But you do have Mr. Classic, which which from the storyline makes sense. Like he's attacked EJ Sparks multiple times because he's upset that EJ is getting this opportunity and he's not. Is it about EJ specifically, or is it about the opportunity? I don't know. It's probably about both, right? Only Mr. Classic can really answer that question. But it's very appropriate. Like he is someone who deserves that spotlight as well. And I, you know, I'll be transparent. Like I, I don't think people name him first when when they talk about the rising stars in the state of Arizona, and they should. And that's why it's important to me that he's a part of this as well. 
Um, and, and so he wouldn't be there otherwise. And so it's all, you know, three very particular people are there for a very particular reason. And it's important to all of us as, as the group that leads this organization, that it's those three, that those three get that opportunity. They get that spotlight. They get that match. And I'm very proud of the fact that we have those three in that match. I'm super excited for all three of them to have that opportunity. And, and, we, we let the main event, the show that celebrates such a monumentous occasion for ICW, would have been celebrating 20 years last year. Of course, we couldn't do that because of COVID. And we're not just going to have people main event that show who aren't going to continue to be at the forefront for a long time to come. We just wouldn't do that. Granted, every match in ICW means something and builds us something that's just something that's been very important to us since day one, since we brought this thing back. So to have those three guys do it, it it's awesome it's something that i'm very excited about and i know they're going to deliver i know they're going to put on a great rest, you know match from a wrestling standpoint they're going to tell a phenomenal story and it's going to be something that everybody loves and and you're going to enjoy what you see and you're going to look forward to seeing what happens next i mean this is an opportunity that ej sparks has been really waiting patiently for and i do feel like i'm sure there's been this level of conflict of when exactly to pursue this opportunity uh, because of the fact that they were teammates and that was their focus at grand prix and overall they have a great bond and relationship as you know wrestlers who have tagged you know all throughout arizona and, and even outside um but also I think it's human nature at any point when you decide this is my time and EJ Sparks and Mr. Classic are handling them in very different ways. EJ Sparks has, has held on to, you know, a level of respect and admiration to Thugnificent, but also, you know, playing his, his cards wisely. Whereas Mr. Classic has been on the offensive the entire time. And has continued to let these types of opportunities slip out of his hands. Now, he, was he thrilled that he wasn't going to be in this match? No. Was he thrilled when he was even announced as the special guest referee? Absolutely not. But what I do know about Mr. Classic is that he looks at every opportunity on the offensive. And so what does that mean for him as this? Will he be able to call this match as a referee? You know, also who, you know, even if he, if he had a preference for someone, it's very hard to tell who that would be. You know, it wouldn't make sense to say, you know, to help the retaining champion, as, as you've talked about a lot of conflict and attacks on EJ Sparks. However, if he feels like EJ Sparks would be the quote unquote easier competitor, he may actually favor EJ and use that to his advantage, you know, or, or I don't even know how that goes, but it's, it, it's such a, you know, of course the pun wild card factor in this match that it really makes it must see not only the dynamic of the challenger and champion, but the special guest referee. So make sure you have your tickets to IZW Fully Legal Saturday, November 20th at the Scottsdale Studio in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tickets are still available through Eventbrite and you can access links to the ticket uh, site through our website, IZWWrestling.com as well as our social medias, IZW Wrestling. I, you usually no no no. <laughs> I tried to do it this time and I couldn't. So go ahead. Where where are social medias? Social and that's the only thing that, that I was shaking my head. Everything else was was dead on. At IZW Wrestling A Z. 
Arizona uh, at IZW Wrestling AZ. Uh, the social media addresses that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links and everything, Twitter and, and Instagram, it's in the bio as well as in the posts. And then, of course, Facebook, it's in, it's on all the posts as well. Um, and the website link is, is in the bio too. But yep, tickets are on sale. Front row VIP is all sold out. General admission you can still get. So definitely jump on that when you can. If you have a favorite wrestler, look out because they all have their own promo codes and everything too. And you might be able to save some money. So if you haven't seen theirs, hit them up, hit them up on social media and ask them for it because they, uh, that helps them as well. So, Definitely look to, to be a part of that and look to be a part of what's going to be a tremendous night, a, a big show, everything from, you know, I was literally talking with our food vendor and he's, he's bringing in some different items this time around. Like he's very, like, it's just, you know, everybody's starting to gear up. Like it's, we're a month away and that's, you know, when it starts to just slowly starts to ramp up and then it's just a crazy, crazy time for the last couple of yes, weeks. Yes, it is. So. Yes. So make sure you get your tickets. And now, I mean, we've sold out consecutive shows over the past year. It's very likely to happen again, even with a new venue with more space. That means more people can join the fun. And who doesn't want to celebrate a 21st birthday? ICW Fully Legal, Saturday, November 20th at Scottsdale Studio in Scottsdale, Arizona. However, we know that people are listening far and wide to this show, and you may not be able to make it to Scottsdale, Arizona. So there is another way that you can support both IZW and TheChairShot.com. What? You say? Yes, indeed. But before I can tell you how, Greg, go ahead and wind it up. Yes, it is indeed time for you to visit prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own t-shirt today. Yes, you can pick up your very own IZW and chairshot.com t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. There, you're going to find over 25 different t-shirt designs all available in different colors and of course, different styles. That includes the Queen of Soft Style shirt available in Soft Style, as well as all of the other shirts you can get in Soft Style if you wanted to. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. So go ahead and order your t-shirts today. T-shirts start at $19.99, but again, for a few extra dollars, you can order any t-shirt. And yes, I mean any t-shirt in Soft Style. And of course, you support thechairshot.com and Impact Zone Wrestling IZW. That's also great for any of you who are going to be going to the show. If you are seen wearing an IZW t-shirt, you may win tickets to a future show. So it's an investment totally worth the price. So go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. That's prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So last week on the Hashtag Miranda Show, we did a preview of Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. Well, it's happened. And yes, we are going to talk about it. And we're going to do a slightly different format because, you know, it's my show and it's as random as it gets. We are going to be doing hits and misses. So Greg and I are just going to be at 
kind of random, which, but I'm sure it will all make sense. In the end, we are going to give what we thought was a hit for Bound for Glory and a miss. And maybe we have more hits than misses. Maybe we have more misses than hits. Who knows? It's so out there. That's the surprise of it all. Oh. What? What? So, Greg, you know, uh, gentlemen first, uh, that's, you know, the golden rule. I don't know whose rule that is, but okay. It's definitely not my rule. But I do want to ask you first, because I know you have thoughts. You didn't even tell me what specific thoughts you had, but you said, I have thoughts. Oh, I so have. I want to ask you first, hit or miss for anything within Bound for Glory? I'm going to start with a miss, actually. Oh. I know, right? Maybe See, I should start why. with a miss. You never know what to expect, everyone. We're right? starting off with a miss. Usually you start with a, with a hit, but this time you start with a miss. Like, like, who knew? This is such good shit. A big old miss for me is Mickey James beating Deanna Parazzo for mm. the Knockouts Championship. Which, by the way, pretty much only one person picked Mickey James to win that match. And that was me. Because I knew it was going to happen. I just knew she was going to win. And I hated that she was going to win, but it's, it's, it's that whole squeaky wheel thing. Like the way she's been talking, whatever. Like I just knew she wouldn't be doing this if she wasn't going to win. And I don't like it. Like I just, yeah. I just don't like it. Now, I don't know Deanna Parazzo's contract situation. She just signed not too long ago, I thought. Um, but maybe cause, cause she wasn't signed when she won the title initially. She hadn't been signed yet. So Correct. maybe she finally, maybe, maybe her contract is coming up. Cause I don't know what she did over the tapings, but I know she's not being set up as, uh, she's not getting right back the into the title picture. challenger. Correct. No, yeah, that was yeah. already been Madison rain and now Mercedes Martinez. But so maybe she's leaving. Maybe her deal's coming up and that's part of, part of what happened. Uh, it's the hard thing about contracts sometimes. Um, although her significant other's there now, who knows? Right. But she's just on such a roll and, and, and it's just like, why? Like, again, whoever beats her was going to be given such a significant, you know, Mm -hmm. opportunity by beating her. And it goes to Mickey James of all people. Right. Yeah. And I do agree about that. I don't hate that she lost the title because eventually that's supposed to happen. And I think that breaks some, some monotony in, you know, the, the women's division. However, I agree because that was also a whole other conversation we had last week on the world uh, championship side as to when you are beat, when, when someone has the chance to beat someone who's been unbeatable, so dominant, putting over someone either newer or someone that you're trying to establish or get to that next level is such a good utilization of that win. And Mickey James did not need the win. She didn't need the win. She's already established herself as, you know, a, a legend in women's wrestling, a legend within, you know, impact wrestling. Absolutely. And so, you know, who benefited from, Deanna losing in this and Mickey winning. Nobody, nobody benefited from Mickey's this. ego, and but that's about it. Well, you know, that, that's definitely, uh, you know, pro- probably a, a good aspect of this for, for her or something that led to this. And ultimately, you know, 
at the end of the day, you know, that's what eagles are all egos are all about. We spent a whole lot of time talking about that um, on, you know, this week's Greg DeMarco show, specifically in, you know, wrestling as, you know, people who are well established. So I don't think it's that I do. I do think, though, you know, it's also somewhat in competition to what Mickey has been doing over the past few months with, you know, putting together, uh, you know, empower and trying to bring more women, you know, a wider variety of women to, you know, different stages. It seems to go against a lot of what she's building by taking that opportunity. And when instead it could have been utilized in a different way. Yeah. And it's just like you talk about, you know, freshing up or whatever you have Mercedes Martinez. She, she won the, you know, the tournament on the knockdowns knockdown her and Deanna Parato would have been great. Like, like I, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. So there. bad. And, and then, and, and then if Deanna say, say Mickey puts over Mercedes Martinez and then we go to Deanna Parato versus Mercedes Martinez. Well, then, then we've got Josh Alexander, Christian Cage, and Kenny Omega all over again. Like it just mm-hmm. seems Weird to me, other than we needed to make Mickey James happy. And if there's one thing I don't love, it's appeasing the squeaky wheel just to appease the squeaky wheel. And I feel yeah. like that's that's just what it feels. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe there's something up with Deanna Parazzo we don't know about yet, and it'll be revealed in the future. I don't know. But what it feels like right now is that, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Well, but you bring up, so there's an interesting point in this, and you talked about this earlier, and you've mentioned it before, and this is related to maybe men's wrestling and, and bigger tighter titles like the world you know, championship, but you've mentioned a few times about how someone's legacy as a world champion doesn't always hit until they've won a championship three times. So as much as the second reign, I mean, really the first reign of Deanna was known as, you know, someone who came in and and took over quickly. Um, The second reign was, you know, a lot more lengthier with a lot more competitors. But maybe it is going to be that third reign that really hits things, you know. Granted, again, the second reign is pretty, pretty solid there, but... Maybe with her, a multi-reign, you know, championship is truly going to cement her as a modern legend. And again, when you think about what ultimately we're really going to go with this, breaking this up with maybe her losing the championship every so often isn't necessarily a bad thing storyline-wise. The who part of it, I completely understand. But the fact of losing the championship maybe doesn't irk me as much as it, as it may you. Maybe. And it's funny that years ago... I was the one campaigning for Mickey James to beat Oscar when she got the random title shot on a takeover. So it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the three title run thing is pretty specific to being a world champion in WWE. And yes, but you know, I think that principle could it could still. it definitely could. And and I guess I would love to sit here and say Deanna Parazzo's run is not over. I don't know that because I don't know enough about the behind the scenes stuff. So I guess I'll leave it at, I hope Deanna Parato's run is not over. Cause to me, I felt like it was just getting started. She had the potential to be their version. This is going to sound crazy, but I don't care. She had the potential to be their version of Roman Reigns. Yeah. She really did. No, you're, you're right. And again, too, I mean, she's a, a, a champion also with triple a in their women's division. Mm-hmm. And that too, I don't think got, pushed as as much as it could as uh, you know well, that's because that, the door is that, closing 
Well, the door is closing. It's going to become like, forbidden you know. again. So. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Foreboding. At least sometimes doors need to close. Sometimes <laughs> you just need to get a man out of your life that you don't need. And and let's face it. Let's just get to it. A hit for me. This has maybe nothing to do exactly with the exact things happening from Bound for Glory, but some of it is. And that is, you know, the, the news that has been circulating has not been confirmed, but it makes sense with this timeline that the official partnership between AEW and Impact Wrestling is done. And that is a hit for me because of the fact that, and we've talked about it 10 times over, that that was not a successful partnership for Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling got the short end of the stick. Their world championship picture got uprooted. There was no talent exchange that really brought in anyone, not even necessarily of value, but just of equal effort. There was no equal effort in this. And it just was, you know, for impact that has been so resilient and really having to recover from a a big gap that the world title picture left them in 2020 and early 2020, um, you know, that in theory and on paper and for a few weeks, I think two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks, this partnership was fairly lucrative. But after that, Impact continuously got the short end of the stick. Yeah, they never didn't get the short end of the stick. Like, it was never good. Um, I'm just glad it's over. I I really am just glad it's over. Like, and that was just kind of, to me, it's a separate topic. And I think we can talk about it in the future. Maybe in six months, we could be like, yo, was anything accomplished by that? And I can say, spoiler alert, the answer is going to be no. Um, The only lingering aspect is the freaking Good Brothers. But it's, but they're technically under contract to Impact Wrestling anyway. They're not even under an AEW contract. But besides that, like, yeah, dude, this thing was dumb. This thing was so stupid. Uh, It accomplished nothing. That's also just another, that's just more of a miss for me Mm -hmm. that, and we joked that hopefully we weren't going to see this on the show, but we did the good brothers retaining the impact tag champion championships. Like what are we, what are we doing here? I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. They're there. I don't ever use this. I don't use this word often because I don't know. I think using this word meets the definition of the word itself. They are lame. They really are. They're, they're, they're just lame as can be. And like I said, I think when people say lame, it just sounds lame to me. Like, but they all, like, I can't think of a better phrase to use yeah. for them. Like, they really are just lame. Like, I, sometimes you're supposed to hate things, right? But I just can't stand them at all. Oh, like, I think at first when they were first out there and even when they first signed with Impact, you could tell they just had a sense of humor about the wrestling business and about, you know, their journey to Impact that was a little meta, that was funny. And now with, you know, being the only people in Impact who have benefited from this partnership, this forbidden door scenario with AEW, locking in with the elite to become the super elite to be really, you see them more on AEW television. They've wrestled more matches for AEW than they have for impact wrestling. It's just, it's just, yeah. And just now the humor has lost its touch. 
you see that for people who are originally going against the system and, and, and showing how the system may have screwed them over, now they've become just part of a system that works for them. And that type of sense of humor or just the irony of the fact that, well, you know, you, you become what you said you didn't like. Oh, that's how, how ironic that is. Just my analogy, just my analysis of it all doesn't really mean anything, but also I'm not a fan of it. And I, I do not care for them on my television screens. I literally does not even register on my radar. No, not at all. I, when when we were reviewing it and their opponents hadn't been announced yet, and I figured it was going to be a triple threat. Like I just couldn't see them leaving either of those teams off the card. Granted, they could have put them in the, in the stupid gauntlet or whatever, but I just, yeah, I, I just didn't care. I almost didn't want them to be on the card. I'd have been better off them not having a tag title yes. match at Bound for Glory. I really would have. Done. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg, hit or miss. So I'm going to go with the big one. Even though there's so much we can talk about, and maybe you'll get to, to a hit that, that I'm surprised you didn't use already. But I'm going with the big one. It is a hit for me, what they did in the main event. And I'm talking about the totality of the main event. The okay? whole shebang. The whole shebang. I obviously love Josh Alexander winning the Impact World Championship. Like, he's the homegrown star, right? Mm-hmm. He should have beat Kenny Omega. We talked about that last week, okay? He, he should have been the one to beat Kenny Omega. Whatever. That's – I've talked about it. I'm not going to talk about it again. It doesn't make any sense. But him winning and the moment and, and they had Jay Chung there and they had his kid, like their kid together, like it all made perfect sense. It was all wonderful. I loved all of it. Then you had freaking Moose, who won the Call Your Shot gauntlet, <clears throat> who, even last week, I was like, we can't forget about Moose. Not that I thought he was going to cash in or anything, but oh. here was Moose, who was in the world title picture and suddenly out of it again. Moose winning the Call Your Shot gauntlet, using it at the end of the show to cash in, robbing Josh Alexander of his moment, and finally getting his own moment, which he never really had an opportunity to have. Um, yes. And, and completely robbed Josh Alexander of it. As the guy who loves Josh Alexander, as the guy who has been pining for Josh Alexander and who has been calling that name out during his X Division title run as the one who should beat Kenny Omega, the for, one they should build around, uh, all that a stuff. A minute or two, absolutely. Long-ass time. <laughs> Even before he was in Impact Wrestling. Like, we've interviewed him on this show years ago. Like, always been a huge fan of Josh Alexander and what he can do in the ring. I absolutely loved the Moose Cashin. Now, I tweeted this, and I don't have the tweet in front of me, but I'm going to give you pretty much the exact wording. It was this. Josh Alexander fucked Moose. No. Mecca. Moose fucked Moose. Josh Alexander out of his title win at Bound for Glory. And I absolutely hated it. And then two lines down. Which means it worked. Worked. Yep. And that's the key. And that's the difference, okay? I was supposed to hate it. I'm not supposed to hate the fact that Mickey James won the Knockouts Championship. She was the baby face. I'm supposed to be happy about it. I'm not. I'm supposed to hate what Moose did. This is where I hate the wrestling fans on the internet so much because they'd be like, oh, I hate so-and-so. And I'm like, great, that means they're working. No, no, you don't understand. I hate their character. I hate the way they're being pushed. Great, that that's what they... That's, they're doing working. their job. No, 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 you don't understand, man. I, I hate the booking. I don't hate the character. And I'm like, it's, it's you know, maybe it was 2020 when that happened. I'm like, it's 2020 that they're doing it on purpose. 
I should hate this. They spent all this making me like Josh. And they didn't have to make me like Josh Alexander. Already did, right? But they put all this effort into building up Josh Alexander just to have the rug pulled out from under him. It worked. It works 100%. Now, they have the big what next, obviously. Uh, big question of what next. You you served up Josh Alexander. You served up Minoru Suzuki. So we've got that coming in the next few weeks to, to hold things at bay. But where do you go from here? If Moose is now this long champion and Josh Alexander goes the way of a rich swan, then it was wasted. So you got to do something with it. But I'm ready for that. I'm ready for them to do something with this and yes. use it to continue to build Josh. It's like years ago when Bobby Roode didn't beat Kurt Angle at Battle for Glory like he should have. But then... James Storm beats Kurt Angle the very next impact. And then a couple weeks later, Bobby Roode beats James Storm and goes on to be like the longest reigning champion ever at the time. Um, it worked. It worked in mm-hmm. the end. So this has to work in the end for me not to change my tune. But for now, yeah. it's a hit. Well, because you've already established Josh Alexander as someone who is an absolute baby face, as someone you know, fans will get behind. And the fact that just when you think his journey has reached its pinnacle, you realize, or or he finds out, or we find out, he has to go a little bit further. But if anybody can do that and prove himself and continue that fight to the championship, it is Josh Alexander. And I think that's what fans are going to be able to have that faith in. And ultimately, when you look at, you know, building a really good internal homegrown championship feud, which they haven't had, in almost a full year, the, the these are kind of the two best on their roster right now. You look at not only their personalities, but their size, their athleticism. You know, this is not going to me. This doesn't feel like it's going to the the way of Rich Swan because both of them truly feel like they should be world champions. And and you just take that story as far as you can. And I also think this is a testament to Moose playing the long game that because he was in and out of the championship picture, but he always had his sights set on that prize and he was patient and he was methodical. And he's very much, if I were to think of a comparison of talent and personalities, he is the, you know, as far as the instinct, very much the Viper, the Randy Orton of impact wrestling. Someone who is willing to wait, someone who is willing to stay, you know, maybe to keep things on the low to then pop up when the opportunity and the timing is right for whatever he wants. And that's a genius move. And that's genius storytelling by impact as well. That, you know, on the opposite end of the, you know, um, call your shot gauntlet last year where Rhino won and we forgot about, you know, him winning for quite some time to when that popped up. It's almost that opposite, but similar effect, you know, Moose wins, but you don't expect him to cash in at that moment while Josh Alexander is in the ring with his family, but he does. And that also helps explain why Josh Alexander, you know, maybe couldn't do the fight that you would think he could do in that moment. Not only did he just go through a match of a lifetime, but he also had his family there that he was just trying to think and protect, you know, for. So, I mean, a a lot of it, made so much sense and it's exactly when you tell a story like that and it goes that way and people feel what you want that's beauty because there's it's not always doesn't always work that well and that worked very well 
Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Like, I think Moose yes. is, is a great. It's a situation where you've got two people deserving of the title at once, and so it's 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 not Austin Rock, right? But it's the same. Like, you've got two people deserving of the yeah. championship. Yeah. But you don't have two brands like like other companies do, mm-hmm. so you've got to use it. You've got to you got to push with it. You got to use it and make sure that that you make the most of it. So, yes. Um, so 100%. my last hit is a combined one, just for time's sake, but also very similar. We talk about new champions. We also crowned a new X division champion in Trey Miguel and new knockouts tag team champions in the inspiration and two very different scenarios. As far as these reigns in these times, you have Trey Miguel who's been with the company for years. He has always been the bridesmaid. Never the bride has competed for the X division championship more times than a lot of people can count and has finally won it. And what a a story for him, what a a match. And also just, you know, that feeling, I'm sure a validation of, you know, really taking on something as a, as a singles competitor now for quite some time since, um, you know, the rest of the rascals slash MSK left now holding on to that championship and now really getting that validation of, you know, his, his presence in the company. On the other hand, you have the inspiration who made their debut this, you know, past Saturday at bound for glory, but a team that, you know, a rarity in women's wrestling, a true women's tag team, something that, you know, years ago, we wouldn't have been able to see as a viable option for women. Um, But yet they really helped, Establish that within the WWE, they were let go from WWE at the same time. And something that they ensured and, and pushed forward was wanting to stay a team and making the decision that ultimately made sense for them, made sense for their career, but made sense for their goals in signing with Impact Wrestling and becoming the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. And now, you know, pulling off a historic first, being the first ever WWE and Impact Women's Tag Team Champions. And that's something that, you know, no one can take away from them. What this means in the future and what that means for the Knockouts Tag Team division, well, it's not a a, a lot. There's not a lot of depth in there. Let's be honest. It's a lean roster. But, you know, as far as what they can do as a team and continue that, but also, you know, their personalities and characters just feel very like such a good fit and impact that, you know, it's it's a great option for them. It's a great decision. And I think that they can do something with those titles that can really make them feel special for the first time since I think they were reintroduced. You know, it's interesting, the, the opposite, the polar opposites these two title wins are. Like, Trey Miguel took forever, and it's this big moment, and it's taken forever and, and all that. And it's it's the X Division is why he's even a professional wrestler. The inspiration went on their first match, and both seem to make sense. Like we said last week during the predictions, this was the rare occasion that someone should come in and win a title in their first mm-hmm. match. It'd be like if Daniel Bryan Danielson had signed with Impact Wrestling, he should show up and become world champion in his first match. Like it just would have made sense. Like he's so far and above anything that they had going on there. But it's it's for them. Like they are truly one of what three women's tag teams in the world. Like true women's tag yep. teams in the world. And it, it, it's the inspiration. 
It's the it, it's it's Gigi and JC Jane from Toxic Attraction who just won the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles, um, and maybe Tay Conti and Anna J in AW. Maybe that's it. Like there's no other true women's tag teams that are, that are truly just that anywhere in the world. Like it's just that's where how far we still have to go with women's tag team wrestling. Will we get there? I think so. I think it'll take a long time, but I think we can get there. Um, but they, then that's why they deserve to go out there and win right away in their first match. They don't, there's not a lot there in terms of women's tag teams in impact wrestling, but there's plenty of women's talent that they can use. And so you have time and I think you give them the time to be champions and you take the time to build up challengers. I hate that everyone complains about makeshift teams and women's wrestling because unless people come in together as a team, everyone thinks they're a makeshift team. Yeah, and, and that's tr- and that's very rare. I mean, I, we start to impossible. see some of that even on the independent scene. But you're right; that is a, a an element of women's wrestling that has really yet come to fruition. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I, I think it's unfair. Ha- yeah. To be honest, I think it's an yeah. unfair yeah. thing to put on women's wrestling to complain about the makeshift teams. Like there's just not teams coming up yet. It's hard enough for a woman to woman to break into the business. Well, that's, it's already hard for companies to. Together. I mean, we've seen that it's a challenge for companies to have you know multiple women storylines. So to give them two, you know two championships, you know, say a, a women's singles championship and a tag championships, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of companies. The only other company out there that that's doing that right now, I believe, is the NWA. Um, with uh, the women's tag titles. And that's still just very new that they have established um, recently. So again, I mean, it's ahead of its time and that's an element, uh, you know, within professional wrestling that has a lot that it could, could realize. And you're right. You know, it is something that the inspiration for impact wrestling to specifically go there because it gives them the opportunity yeah. to do that together is fairly revolutionary and can open a lot of doors for women who want to compete as a tag team. Um, and, and hopefully more companies do that, but it's also going to continue to be a rarity that a team, a women's team is actively pursued and, you know, uh, and heavily courted by any company. They are truly the first um, that I can think of. Um, And I think that in and of itself too is pretty historic. And for all the haters out there, remember it's only because WWE put them together. Now, now they, I mean, they literally went to high school together. So it's not like this is the, but that the only reason they're so coveted is because WWE put them together, formed the Iconics, and, and here we are. It's crazy because at the beginning of the year, you had Ivelisse and Diamante. That's mm-hmm. done. You had Fire and Flava. That's done. Like, like it was there, but they all got broken up for different reasons because they went to different companies. Like, Ivelisse, gone. Diamante, signs. Kira Hogan's now in AEW. So, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's... It's a rotation, yeah. you know? And, and... And it, yeah, it just goes back to an ever evolving wrestling scene. It's also, and it's also the individual person's goals. I don't yeah, know how and, many and women have that goal. Yeah, and that's something. So last week, Impact Wrestling did their press pass um, in which the Iconics were, um, you know, featured, and that is something that they both specifically said were goals that they wanted to continue to be a team. 
And that is one of the biggest differences, I'm sure, for them than for other teams that when you do have inspirations, pun intended, I guess, yeah, very good aspirations to, uh, you know, be a competitor. What does that mean? Whether you want that to be a singles competitor or, or a tag team. And they did state during that press pass conference that their intention was to be a team, not even before they, they left WWE, they wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, continue to be a team. Now, was that, you know, because, you know, Cassie Lee, as she goes by now did say she wanted to break out and be a singles wrestler. When she was in WWE, and that's why they broke up. She asked yeah. for it. Now I think yes. she regrets that, <laughs> and and I think yeah, she's and, changed and her you team. know, again, and and maybe that was a struggle. Maybe it was a little bit of both. Maybe they still had those individual goals and wanted to explore that, but also wanted that ability to maintain be a team as well. Whenever that did happen, a la the New Day, where yep. they're always going to be the New Day. They always are going to be a team. However, they have some of that ability to venture out and, you know, do their own individual things. I think that's the new day is going to continue to be a rarity team that Mm -hmm. will be allowed to do that. Whereas other teams, it's very clear cut, cut and dry. And I do think at some point, one or both of them will be the knockout champion. And, but I think they'll still be the inspiration. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of it, though, is the fact that they still can be a team and, you know, support each other and be there for each other as, you know, uh, as a champion. And even if you go to the route of Layla and Michelle McCool, where mm-hmm. they are co-champions, you know, we didn't that have women's tag champs back then. So, yeah, yeah, you know, so, I mean, that's kind of there's there's it's an evolution in kind of the right way in a direction when in women's wrestling that um, doesn't get a whole lot of attention. But I think that this could be a way that they really can bring more awareness to it. And, you know, even just bring more people, more women to the realization that they can be a tag team. Yeah. And I hope it does. I I really hope that. And if women's tag team wrestling becomes a truly a thing, like a real thing, not a manufactured thing in the future. They're the trailblazers. Yes. Now, as much as Sasha and Bailey will probably want to think they're the trailblazers, it's it's the inspiration. The no, because I think be when you think of a tag team and even just general historic tag teams, you think of their chemistry. And some of the best tag teams in the existence of pro wrestling, it was because you could tell they had such amazing chemistry together, mm-hmm. and not. And not just as opponents. You can always talk about tag teams that were formed once mm-hmm. they were first opponents and then became a tag team, which is more of the realm of Sasha and Bailey. But organic tag teams that were a pair that, you know, were a true tag team, you know, you could could list them off over the decades. But the inspiration are truly some of the first, if really mm-hmm. the first in modern wrestling history in women's wrestling that are a true, pure Tag team. Yeah, and, and I hope – I do hope they get more opponents in the future because, look, you go back to the 80s and you can count on one hand the number of opponents that the Glamour Girls and Jumping Bomb Angels had that weren't each other. Like they mm-hmm. literally were women's wrestling in WWF for years and they would disappear and come back and wrestle each other and that was it. Like now we have an era where women's wrestling is much more prevalent. Like I do think this should be the next step, the next evolution in that. We'll see. We'll see if it is. I mean, we can barely get matches longer than two minutes in the Queen's Crown Tournament. So who knows? But Impact Wrestling has an opportunity, and hopefully they can make the most of it. 
Well, those are our hits and misses from Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come back with our three-ish minute warning. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. We got three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're in the clear. We got three minutes and we're out of here. So this is the hashtag Miranda show. So I'm going to be honest, it's three-ish minutes, which means it probably will be more than three minutes. It's never even three on my show. So It's never even three. Uh, But, you know, Greg alluded to this topic earlier tonight in women's tag team wrestling. NXT has new uh, women's tag team champions uh, with, uh, toxic attraction, uh, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. And of course, a lot more happenings um, throughout NXT Halloween Havoc tonight. Greg, I know you're definitely wanting to talk about, I don't know, one big thing that happened from it, but you could surprise me and talk about what I don't think you're going to talk about, but I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about all of them, probably. but All the things? You're going to talk about all the things? I not just I don't know. So, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about. And I'll be honest with you. We'll start there. I didn't think Mandy Rose was going to win. No. I didn't. Uh, you You're know not. this. Like, like, I don't think we talked about it on air, but you know this. Because Raquel Gonzalez is still like 24 years old. And she fits the mold of what this new NXT is supposed to be. I'm starting to question... This new NXT and what it's supposed to be, though. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. Because, yeah, Mandy Rose, who's 31 years old, and they have the whole, you know, under 30 edict, beats Raquel Gonzalez, who's well under 30, to become the new NXT Women's Champion, thanks to the return of Dakota Kai, who we all thought was headed for the main roster. Who, by the way, is like 33, 34, 35 years old. So... I thought the internet number, told me yeah, AJ that internet, nothing but a number that, that right now because it's very but a, confusing. Was, was, was a youth signals. I don't know. I thought that's what the internet told me, but here we are, and I'm just a little bit confused by by what's going on and and who. Well, maybe like Mandy Rose is like you know in her 30s, but this new Mandy Rose is definitely a product of NXT 2.0, which means she's way younger yeah. than old Mandy Rose. So that could be why. <laughs> that's i'm really confused now i'm really 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 confused now um, exactly yeah and and that's that that's uh so so i was surprised by that one actually i didn't think that one was going to happen i did think gg dolan and jc jane were going to win the women's tag team titles mm-hmm. jc jane's dive last week on nxt notwithstanding because oh my god like scary so horrible scary. that's just yeah that that's yeah, I was like, wow, that's okay. That's and then rough. to go into a ladder match this week, definitely. Yeah, like we should be removed from the match. Like like that's, you know, that that that's a rarity in in wrestling mm-hmm. and and it was there. So, um but it, it's it's just very interesting in the sense that um I expected that I didn't expect Mandy Rose to to win the to beat Raquel Gonzalez, but 
it was the whole Raquel Gonzalez Dakota Kai thing seemed rushed. So now we get that properly. And, and sometimes, you know, that's the value of, of laying low and waiting before you do something. And I think now maybe Dakota Kai was headed to the main roster. Things changed. Who knows? Maybe we'll know. Maybe we don't know. I don't know. We all expected her to get drafted. She didn't. So yeah, who, who knows there? Um, Honestly, the biggest one was Imperium beating MSK. Right? Like That was what, a surprise. Like, like we've been literally building up MSK. They want to have a legendary reign, blah, blah, and then poof, they lose to Imperium. Uh, who've been NXT Tag Champs before. So uh, where's the newness in that? I just, now maybe Walter's really coming over and, and that's been worked out. I don't know. It's just... That one really, really, really surprises me. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand that one at all because MSK is literally the living, breathing definition of this new NXT. Like they're Mm -hmm. one of the few acts that fit in both. And so why have them lose? Now, maybe there's a story. I don't know. I got to wait and see. But that one's just weird to me. That's weirder than Mandy Rose beating Raquel Gonzalez. Like, Yeah, because I do feel like with Toxic Attraction, they have set them up to be this new power trio. So having them have all the gold makes sense. And it does open the gate for Raquel and Dakota to continue that feud. It does then allow a new set of challengers to come through for Mandy uh, as well, because Raquel was already going through a lot of those challengers previously. So you set up this whole new chapter that can make sense and would also make another person beating Mandy a lot more viable with, you know, a lot more of the younger talent that you have in your women's division that, that the, the women's division in NXT looks dramatically different now. With ranging yeah. levels of experience and success, uh, or main, mainly just experience. So having you know uh, somebody else beat Mandy Rose further down the line to become you know women's champion is going to make a, a lot more sense than say you know building somebody up to get to the levels of you know Ra- Raquel. Um, and yeah, you're right as far as what that means for Dakota. All that we we don't know. Whereas MSK Imperium is a story they've been telling already. And it kind of ended already and then got, and then came back. Yes. And again, what is the purpose of Imperium winning? I don't know. I don't know. Is it, is it an Imperium thing? Is it an MSK thing? I don't know. Yeah. It's just the, if you told me all but one championship was going to change hands on this edition of NXT, I would have told you it's the tag titles that aren't changing hands. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have told you. Not the NXT championship, which I'm fine with. Even though I, I just assume, I think we all assume that Braun Breaker was going to win, like just the way they've been pushing. Right. I think that was the one we were all preparing ourselves for is that yeah. Braun was going to win because this is NXT 2.0. And I, and I don't know if people would have been upset ab- about that if he would have no, won. No, people I mean, were it ready made for sense. it. People were, were clamoring for it on, on the Twitter, on wherever. They were like, let's go Braun Breaker. Like there are some people who, who know, but by and large, and, and can we just, and I, I haven't seen the broadcast yet, so I don't have to talk about it. He he now finishes people with the Steiner recliner. He busted I mean, out a freaking Frankensteiner exa- in the match. Yeah, I mean, he looks I exactly like Rick Halloween. Steiner. Can we just acknowledge, like, can let's we just acknowledge go there. him? Like, let, let's, just, let's just let him be a Steiner. Even if you don't change his name now, it's established now. The name's Braun Breaker. It's, it's fine, whatever. Uh, like, 
Let's let's let him be a Steiner, like please. Yes. Well, you know, also just you know, though it, I haven't seen it other than the pictures. A, another uh, familiar line debuted tonight in in Solo. Uh, yeah. Formerly, you know, out known in the independent scene, Sefafa too. Uh, you know, and already the the comparisons are starting so having these you know both you know second generation in solo's case what third generation uh stars in there again the comparisons are going to start to happen but i think in the element uh, of Braun, it's more also, uh, you know, the the more it's subtle, the more maybe it's a little bit more natural. The it's it's starting, but it's in it's in layers, it's in steps, and I think that's okay because it's exactly what happened with Charlotte, where it was almost too easy to do everything up front. It was a sequence, layers and elements that you started to then have more unfold a little bit more naturally to the point where, yeah, she was able to assume that family identity, but also make it her own. And I think that's exactly the path he's on. So I think keep on teasing it, keep on, but make it natural. Eventually we're going to get there, but we don't need to get there today. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree on that. I think. Broadbreaker's a star. Like, he ain't going nowhere. Like, he's yeah. the future of the business. He's going to main event at WrestleMania. Like, that's, you know. Bold prediction. We're talking 10 years from now, but he's going yeah. to main event at WrestleMania. He, he's, it's, it's going to happen. Like, he's, everything they saw in Roman Reigns, they see in Broadbreaker. I was going to say, he's probably going to main event WrestleMania sooner than Johnny Gargano. I don't know about that. Mm. I don't know about that. We'll Bet. see. I'm sticking to my bold prediction, man. 40 will be here and, and we'll see what happens, but I'm sticking, I'm sticking with it. But I just, yeah, it, it's that, you know, that one I'm okay with, even though I wouldn't have picked it. If we made picks, I would have, I would have gone with Braun Breaker to win, to win there. But definitely, you know, it, it's weird because it's just, is it NXT 2.0 or is it not? Look, if the walls were still black, and the ropes were still yellow. I think it would still be NXT. I really do. And if you didn't rebrand the whole thing, like MSK and Imperium were there, Ciampa was there. I mean, Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction debuted before the changeover. Like, yeah, you, I mean, you, you just, you Carmelo have little, Hayes was a little, thing before the yeah, changeover. Things. I just feel like. You didn't have to go all orange and purple and white to to do this. And I just don't really – I just think it's just – they just kind of accelerated some of the new talent being in NXT. I don't think you had to change and make it look like the set of a Nickelodeon show to do that. I think you would have been fine keeping it black and gold and black and yellow. Like I don't think you had to make all those changes. And I don't think people would have crapped on it as much as they did. And now people are not really crapping on it as much because they realize we still like it, right? Joe Gacy mm-hmm. still could have happened, which is one of the like like a year from now might be one of the best characters in all of NXT. Like just wait and see. Like it's just phenomenal, and it all still could have happened without this big major essentially color change. Yeah, a whole redesign, a whole shift. I mean, it was almost like you know, a, a a little bit of a cleanse when you think about how maybe some of that started with the releases and then you, you know, redid that with the, the change of logo and design and stage, you know, there was a lot of changes that happened in a short amount of time. 
And yeah. You're right and I feel in, like it all happened just... while Triple H was away. Like it's yes. really, it's like Triple Hurry H up, left. Let's go like, change everything. He, before he's he not comes here. Back. Quick, do it before he comes back. Like remember, there used to be an old show that we that, that the wife and I loved watching. Um, it was called While You Were Out. Right, people would leave. Yes. And, and you'd redo like everything and then they came back and, and they would, you know, it would get revealed and, and everybody would be all happy, whatever. I kind of feel like this is a big episode of while you were out for Triple H. Like he's going to yes. come back and, and he's going to like pull his, his, his hands off his eyes. But instead of being really excited about what they did, he's going to be like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, oh shit. Where's, 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 where's Nita Strauss? Like, where's Poppy? Like, what's going on? You guys just ruined everything. I don't understand. Why is it so bright in here? I like everything dark. I'm Triple H. That's the first thing he's going to cover his eyes like, oh, man, it's so bright in here. What the hell happens? What's going on? Why is why is Kyle O'Reilly a, a lumberjack? I don't understand what's going on. Like, it's it's really, yeah, I just don't think they had to go so far. But they did. And and it's really still, to me, it's it's kind of still the same NXT. Well, and that's also the thing, like you felt like you could kind of see the direction they were going in with all the changes, but then the NXT tag team title change still feels like something they would have done in quote unquote, the old NXT. Yeah, they did. So exactly what even you were saying, as far as the age edict, you know, signing, you know, kind of all of this newer talent um, and, and talent not from the independent, you know, like there's, there was enough of a pattern of behavior for you to be able to figure out, okay, I see what they're doing here. It makes sense. Some people might have not liked it, but they understood why it was happening. But that particular result made you just confused because you don't know what's happening with that NXT tag title picture now. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, and again, we're, I'm, you, we're using this whole age edict against WWE right now, right? Mandy Rose, 31. Marcel Bartel, 31. Fabian Eichner, you want to guess? 31. 31. Tommaso Ciampa, of course, 36. Like, Roderick Strong, he's 40. Like, it's, 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 again, and again, WWE didn't tell us this. Samoa jokes kind of confirmed it a little bit, but the internet told us this. Like, well, yeah, the internet, you have to believe everything the internet says. And I think, though, what it means, though, too, is that, you know, you having some pillars, having some remaining talent there yeah. makes it so that the whole thing doesn't quite keep in where it's not so new that you lose a key part of your audience or that people can't have some continuity. I think that that is important. Um, I think that when you look at the evidence of what they're trying to do, yeah, a lot of signs point to what you're saying and what has been alluded to already about, you know, massive changes and a, a big cleaning house. But again, we, we really don't know. And maybe the bigger picture will come to us more specifically in this tag title department soon. You know, maybe they are going to be more transitional champions to another team that then will lead a MSK to, I, I, I don't know which other team, could, you know, they could beat or face, but right. maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, Imperium is truly out. Maybe MSK's time in NXT isn't really going to be that long. I don't know. Who knows? You know, you can always yeah. come up with ideas and thoughts, but you just don't know until it happens. But just a very curious way um, to, 
you know, or a very curious event uh, in at Halloween Havoc with a pattern of wins and changes that would make sense or had make sense. And ones that, you know, you thought were going to happen that didn't. So one thing I will give NXT still is that the element of surprise, it is still something that you can't always go in predicting. Um, And that, you know, it's a good thing. I, I, I have no problems with any of it in the end. Like I'm surprised. I'm intrigued. Um, I am, I'm only worried in the case of MSK. Everything else I'm not worried mm. about um, just because I just don't know what else you do. But we got to give them the chance and, and see what it is. Um, I mean, I'm like, are they going to get released? Like, I just don't know because I can't see them moving up. I can't. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't see them getting released. Like, I'm assuming there's more for them there and, and we'll get to see it. Um, <clears throat> who knows? Maybe this leads to a heel turn because remember, they were playing up the whole they're not being respected by the fans in mm-hmm. – you know, the NXT zone. So it's, it's maybe this is going to lead to them turning heel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. Like I didn't expect Carmelo Hayes to turn heel when he did. So I think that there's a lot more story to tell and, and I hope they continue to tell it because those guys are some of the best on the roster. Mm-hmm. I could also see them split up because I think that Wesley is a future cruiserweight champion for sure. Oh. And I think it's too soon to do it though. I really, uh, I don't want to think about yeah. it. I, yeah. take it. I take it all back. It's, it's uh, fine. Yes. Well, and that's why I said this was a three-ish minute warning. Uh, obviously longer than three minutes, but a lot to talk about with NXT Halloween Havoc. But that's it for this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget that the Hashtag Miranda Show is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. Don't forget to follow me, Miranda Morales, at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook, no Twitter. But you can follow Greg DeMarco at ChairShotGreg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the ChairShot at ChairShotMedia on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you are in the Arizona area, make sure you purchase your tickets for IZW Impact Zone Wrestling. Fully legal Saturday, November 20th. Tickets are now available. Uh, Greg, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find that? You can go online to the website, IZWWrestling.com, or social media at IZWWrestlingAZ. AZ is for Arizona. IZWWrestling.com, at IZWWrestlingAZ. And if you want to support TheChairShot.com and IZW, and maybe you can't come to Phoenix or Arizona, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot to pick up your very own ChairShot and IZW t-shirt today. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you stay tuned so you can listen into another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Have a great day. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. Viva la raza! 